Google has sent me a thing that I can be one of the first to use their new AI writing software. I saw you uh, post a thing about that. I did not accept. Yeah. I don't like that idea. And why, why are we doing this? Why are we making it so people who can't write can be great because they're not actually writing and then us who are trying to be writers now have to compete against fake writers? And the thing is, like, most of the time when you check out those things, they're, they're like, for dog shit anyways. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, those, like, you know, they can be funny, you know, if you put in the right, like, key things that search in there. But, like, even, like, that the the uh, Seinfeld Dragon Ball Z thing that I, once, that I uh, sent you a couple of weeks ago, like, it was, like, okay, like, but it, I, I don't know. Well, here's my issue. So, if you have someone who's not a good writer or can't really write at all, and they just input their uh chat gpt google whatever they're using like hey write me a novel about i don't know they just give a bunch of things crime noir oprah uh, dwayne the rock johnson poontang pie whatever you're putting yeah yeah and it writes you the thing because everyone like their big thing is well never could replace real writers because it only takes what already exists yeah that's true but if they take that now they have their framework for their whole story and all they got to do is just change some stuff also, that's just kind of like what writing is. Yeah. You you take from other things. Yeah, so it's not it's not like I don't know. I just I don't like it. I think it's just going to replace us and then we're going to just have to work for, you know, shitty jobs for the rest of our lives while AI does art and movies and TV and but I don't know, do you think it'll ever get good enough? That's what they're trying to do. It's just now being implemented. So what's going to happen 50 years from now when yeah. it becomes sentient or whatever? I don't know. Just uh it's going to suck. Yeah. Like, do you want to live in a world where you pick up the new X-42 novel yeah. and it's just uh, really, really good? Yeah. And it was written by a computer and put every sci-fi writer out of a job? It would be terrible. But it also would be hard to argue if it was good, though. Yeah, well, that's the problem, though. What if it's really good? it becomes really good? Yeah. They don't need us, then. Uh, yeah, that is the... Uh... So what does that leave us with? We don't need to create art anymore. We yeah. have to do the... AI and robots and all this shit was supposed to replace us having to do shitty jobs. M- menial labor, factory... Driving big trucks. Driving big trucks. Any kind of fucking bullshit job, that's what was supposed to replace. And then we could just focus on art and literature and whatever we wanted to, you know, enjoy life. But instead, these greedy fucks made it so they, that does the art. Yeah. And we have to do the shitty shit, the shitty jobs. Like, why? Uh, because it's cheaper. I don't care how cheap it is. I don't want to do the shitty job. I want the robot to do it. No, no. What I'm saying is it's I know cheap. to buy a screenplay written by a robot's yeah. free. You yeah. don't have to buy the screenplay. Yeah. You know what? They're making already, they already have TV shows, which is why the writers went on strike. Like, the Writers mm-hmm. Guild strike is because they were like, hey, let's just use AI to write some of these TV mm-hmm. shows. And- if it's working, because they're so formulaic dog shit anyway, right? it doesn't really matter. But then that just puts how many writers have a job. So they put in their contract, hey, not allowed to do that. Can't use AI to write the scripts for you. Need writers. And they're like, yeah. But it, that's the thing. If they go on strike, what if they're just, well, they went on strike. But what if the movies and TV shows eventually just go, well, fuck it. We'll just put money into this AI until it gets way better. And then we don't yeah. need any of you fucks. Yeah. Because you, cause you know that there's a, a big group of people probably bigger than the people who actually care. Uh, they don't give a fuck if they're the thing that wrote their Marvel movie, you know, if that was an actual person or if it was just fucking 
computers put together. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they don't care a, at all. As long as it's there for them to watch, they don't give a shit how. That's why, like a lot of people who read comic books and stuff, they don't care if the artist was real anymore. They just want, oh, it's good art, or yeah. you know, even if it's not that good of art, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, because that we've become so accustomed to mediocrity now that if something is just okay, that's acceptable. It's good enough. Yeah, like how many comics have you seen where it's like this art is very generic? There, well, generic digital art that all looks yeah, the same. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing too. Is like we've had this talk before, like how technology has made things great and awesome for all the different arts, but it's also made it very shitty. Yeah, and it's like a lot of times, like it's not even like the art could be good, but you could put any name on it, and I wouldn't know the difference because it all looks the same. Exactly, it's just not. I, it's, it's almost like not worthwhile. Yeah. Because every it's just like we complain about the music all sounding the same. Part of that's us getting older, but a lot of it is it actually does sound the same because it's the same exact fucking beats from the 90s and 2000s yeah. uh, that they just sampled and, and changed, and, you know, and put new lyrics to. And we're just like openly like, oh, this is the thing. Uh, I'm taking this old beat from this song that everybody loved. At least back like in our day, like whenever they did that, it was sneaky. It was sli- like you would have to know your shit to be like, oh, that course is from this yeah. old song from like the 70s. Well, that's that, the thing. That, most, you know what I mean? Most of the 90s music, at least like rap music and stuff, uh, it was old 70s funk and yeah. R&B and stuff was sampled or even older stuff. And you didn't even know because they changed it or they slowed it down or they did. Now they just straight up use the exact same song and just put different words to it. And it would still, like, use the hook. Yeah, it's just like, why? It's so lazy. But if it sells, I guess what, you know, that's all that really matters. It just, uh, at some point you have to say, when does money stop being a factor here? Because obviously, uh, when money's involved and something sells that's complete garbage, everything's going to follow that trend until everything's garbage. So now we're getting all this stuff, like you said, with the art, like the digital art for comics is probably cheaper. Just do a bunch of digital Mm -hmm. stuff and then it all looks the same. Well, and another thing, just uh, just especially with like the comic, is that they do like a lot of like outsourcing to like they get they get like a lot of um I forget, but it's like one of the uh, one of like the Puerto Rican Mexican like uh, country like Brazil somewhere like over there yeah. to the, where they do that digital art and it's just cheaper. It's like they're out they're outsourcing kind you know, because now you can just all you gotta do is just you can do it and then you can just email they, the page to your editor. It because they probably have a at. fucking art sweatshop. Yeah. Where it's just a bunch of like teenagers drawing right, for yeah. cheap cheap money. On tablets. Yeah, it's just it sucks. It's it's atrocious and that should be illegal. Everybody use this breath use this, you know, uh you line this thickness with this brush and whatever you know so so it all looks the same well all the movies are shot in the same way unless it's a specific director but a lot of because that's one of the complaint of the marvel movies how formulaic they've mm-hmm. become but if you watch any movie after let's just say 2010 if it's like a futuristic sci-fi dystopian type of thing it always has like that sandy yellowish mm-hmm. orange filter or a blade runner style where it's like this blue filter or it's, it's like whatever the genre of film that you're watching, it has some kind of filter over it. Like yeah. horror movies always have like these same filters, like this blue filter. Or it's just like, why does it all have to look the same? Like in the old days, we we cared about the artistic merit of mm-hmm. the film. So it was purposely shot 
and filmed in such a way where it would stand out on its own and couldn't be compared to something else. But now it's like, no, we want it to look like this so you know what genre you're watching. Yeah, like as if you wouldn't like know. we're fucking idiots. Yeah, like as you wouldn't know from the title of like, you know, the Slaughterhouse or whatever, 18, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I think I know what's going on. It's kind of like almost like if they did that like with porn, like all porn had like a purple filter as if you didn't know what you was watching by Backdoor Slots 9. Like, I wonder yeah. what this is. Oh, it's the, it's a purple filter. I know what it is now. What if you fucked with them and you put the horror filter on? <laughs> like, this horror movie, this sex scene's been going on for a long time. And do horror movies normally have full penetration? <laughs> I don't know about that. It depends on what kind you like to watch. Uh, yeah, but anyway, going back to the artificial writing i don't like it i don't agree with it and i don't because the main thing is right now it's mostly supposed to be used for helping uh quicken your emails and your workflow and make your uh corporate letters better and make your uh whatever fucking articles you're writing for bullshit weekly it's supposed to make them streamlined and fast and lifeless is what it's doing you know what? If I'm writing you an email and I give such little fuck about you that I'm just having to AI write the email, then why bother? And then also, like, also too, like, that's just bad for business because it's like, then obviously the information isn't getting shared properly. No. Because if you're not, if you if you haven't took the time to write the thing, what's stopping you from just, hi, you know, just highlighting and copying and pasting it without even reading the thing? When do we get the AI reader? Yeah. That's just going to read it for you, and then you don't well, even have to, nobody, no humans involved in the chain okay, of because email. They, because it was a, like, oh, in the email, hey, Bob, I had sex with your wife last night. It was great. And he's just, you know, he's doing something else. He just highlights it, boom, sends it back, and the computer's like, oh, that's good. I Great to hear it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's just... Bob gets it. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I just have the AI read this yeah. bullsh- bullshit email. And then the fucking AI writes back, oh, I love that you fucked my wife. Yeah. Real grand there, yeah. Ted. And then they just keep going back and forth right. with the AIs, and nobody knows, no human knows what conversation's happening. It's atrocious. It's abysmal. It's terrible. Terrible. Horrible. Awful. Garbage. Shit. Shite. Shat. Charlatan is not appropriate, but I just want to say charlatan. Because the creators of this product, they're, they're these products are charlatans. Yeah. You fucking geeks behind your computers trying to make everything all computer animated so we don't need humans anymore. Well, you know what, buckaroo? Why couldn't you start with like the robots to take over sports? Yeah. Get robots playing football. And then we don't have to complain about Ooh. fucking all these millionaire football players that end up killing their wives and shit. Yeah. Let's just have them fucking robots fight each other on the oh, field. Big fat lineman robots just oh, smashing into each other. Blasted. We could have did that. We could have had robots on ice and have uh, or, ice hockey robots. That shitty Hugh Jackman movie when he was like the boxing robot. Punching robot. Rock 'em sock 'em robots. Yeah, you you Real do, Steel, I think was the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. But you do you do that you have the you have the players off field somewhere doing the shit. Yet, and then you have the rough fucking robots. So you still have some skill that has to be involved. Well, yeah. But they don't have to take the brunt yes. force in the traumatic brain injury <laughs> yeah. anymore. Oh, this TCE. But no, we don't do that. What we do, take away the arts. Yeah. I can't wait to. You know what? I want to read some AI poetry. Maybe we'll do that next week. Mm. Read some AI poetry. It, what if it's great? Yeah. Or what if we're too stupid to realize the difference? <laughs> well, I will be. I, yeah. I don't. I. I don't know what good poetry is. Anyway. uh... We have a show about writing today. Yeah. That'll go into why, not why, it'll go into how we could beat the AI, Spencer. Okay. By being better than the AI. Can we do it? Can we just smash it? We'll find out. We can't smash the AI <laughs> because it gets to, once it gets sentient, it smashes us. 
you are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spetsor, the Ecuadorian Eagle Eradicator Church. Oh, why are they going to oh. be Canadian Eagles? I was going to say a, a li- <laughs> equaliz- equalizer, like the Denzel Washington <laughs> movie, but I didn't know exactly what that means. Just, you know, take out the bad eagles. Probably the same. as Instead a- of just taking eradic- out all eagles. Like, and just just eradicating them. <laughs> yeah. I could have said erecting, but I don't know what that means. Like, form them into a statue? Yeah. I don't know. Stack them on top of each other? Stack them damn eagles. I'm always worried whenever you don't, like, go to the wheel, go go to the globe or talk about it for a second when you just come up with the cuff with the uh, with the name and all. Those always have me on edge a little bit. Yeah, like, it makes you quiver a little. Like, what's this going to be this time? Makes you uh, get a little tickly in your pants. Yeah, well, well that's something else. Ooh, that's your willy. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Uh, um, you know what we're talking about today? You, we were gonna be keeping on the AI thing. You said nope, no, no. You lied. Nope. I, I said we were gonna discuss how we could beat we the AI. Beat the AI. You know how you beat the AI? How's that? Use these eight tips for improving your writing style. Okay. Well, like I said, before we before we get into that, I got a little business. 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 Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that you'll I, you'll actually be wanting to hear about. So the past two days, I finally completed and read those uh, short stories you sent me weeks ago that are probably too late for anything if you wanted me to check out before submitting them to anything. I don't even know what you're talking about. The uh, light bulb story. Okay. And then Jupiter's Ascent. Ascent. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I already sent those off, and I edited them again, so they're a little different. (laughs) But... Especially the uh, Jupiter's Ascent. I think I actually changed the ending a little bit, oh, cleaned yeah. it up. But the light bulb story, I don't actually. That might have been pretty close to, you know, I might have polished it up a little. But they both seemed pretty. I th- I hope they have promise somewhere, Spencer. Well, because my original thing was gonna be like, oh, I read them, and you know, I was hoping you gonna be like, oh, well, how were they? I'd be like, well, Caleb, I found them very shallow and pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just assumed that anyway, yeah. so I don't even ask. I just assumed they're terrible. Well, if we, you know, we can get off, you know, we can talk more about that if you want, like, uh, you know, you know, off air, because I, I figure you probably don't want to talk about the actual stories too much. As soon as we get off air, don't send those anywhere. <laughs> if you send them anywhere, take them back to <laughs> terrible. Nobody's going like them. Garbage. Fucking Sounds, shit. It's yeah. like AI wrote them. Fucking AI <laughs> wrote that bullshit. Yeah, we could talk about that later. Uh, So, Spencer... Yes. Did we cover this before? I feel like we have. Probably. Probably last year at the exact same day. Yes, probably. Well, did you know there are four types of writing style, Spencer? I think I think so. Maybe not. May I might not have known four. Well, the first one is a word I can't say. Expository writing. I guess mm. I can't yeah, say Yeah, you it. did say that word. An expository writing style is used for delivering facts and information rather than storytelling. Examples of expository writing include nonfiction books, scientific writings, technical writing, blah, blah, news articles. You get it. Yeah. You know what it is. The boring stuff. That's not really what we're here to talk about, but that would go with the AI because a lot of people are using AI for that specifically. Yeah. Uh, nonfiction stuff because I'm sure AI is not very good at the fiction yet, but the nonfiction, it can cobble together some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, just facts and figures. Another thing we didn't touch upon is uh, what are schools going to do about this? Mm. I already know a lot of places I submit to specifically say in their guidelines, it just started in like the last two months. No AI at all. Do not take it. I don't know yeah. how they can know, though. 
Yeah. So how would school know well, that you didn't write something? Well, I thought there was some kind of like software or something that you could use to like that would like. But what if you did the AI, copied and pasted it to Word doc, printed it out, scanned it, and I mean, so or just retyped it, or just retyped it by hand, copied by hand? Like, yeah, I don't see how. I don't think it would know unless no. I I don't, I don't see how unless there's an AI specifically specifically built to find out the answer to that. Yeah, uh, especially like little fucking shitty schools like we went to. Yeah, they're not gonna fucking even care. They probably don't even make them write essays anymore and shit yeah. in school anyway. Like essay, he 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 just went to the bathroom. Jose, <laughs> number two, descriptive writing. Yes, you know what that is? You, writing that's descriptive. Details. A descriptive style uses figurative language and sensory details to paint a picture in a reader's mind. Poets use this type of writing style in their work. So now we're getting close to what we do, Spencer. You know what we do? Number three, narrative writing. Mm. Narrative style has a plot, characters, and setting and is used in creative writing. It is the style writers use to craft a novel, novella, screenplay. We all get it. These the shining as an example, by the way. So I feel like we use like the 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 second the last one too. Oh yeah, we're not dollars. If you want to be a good writer, you gotta use a little bit of all of these. Right. Number four, persuasive writing. A persuasive a persuasive writing style tries to influence readers to adopt the writer's point of view. Think of debates. That's all you're doing. You know why you should be an anti-vaxxer or a pro-vaxxer? Here's why. Yep. And then you just write a whole fake bullshit article about whatever your topic is. People will follow. But now we're going on to the actual eight tips. Okay. For improving your writing style. You know what number one is? What? Be direct. Yeah. You have to be direct in your writing. Are you direct in your writing? Do you say what you mean? You mean what you say? For the most part. Good writing is clear and concise. Loose filler words like unnecessarily unnecessary adverbs and prepositional phrases simply take up space and wait. Okay, they want you to be Hemingway. Yeah. Get rid of all of them. You got some filler words. These are the kind of things, once you master this, these uh, eight tips, you could start breaking them at mm. your leisure. Yeah. Because if you said, oh, be direct with your writing... That takes uh, pretty much everything before 1920 out of the picture, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's most uh, flowerly Victorian writing and everything that's considered great from the Russian writers to even F. Scott Fitzgerald. So you can't just say, don't, you know, just be specifically direct. That's yeah. more of an, a modern uh, invention, often accredited to Hemingway's writing style because he went by the number one thing of writing, which was uh, the news style because he was a journalist. Number two, choose your words wisely. This isn't one we got to break down. Obviously, you got to pick the right word. Pick the right word. My recommendation is do not immediately go to the thesaurus. Mm. When you're, especially when you're writing your first draft, try to use the word that comes to you first or second. Those are usually the best ones. And then when you go back, usually what I will do is I'll add a fancier $5 word here mm. and there. If I realize I use one word too many times or it comes up, uh, you know, twice in the same paragraph or something yeah. like that, then I'll change it. Though it probably wouldn't hurt to have like, because um, I'm sure there's some kind of like thesaurus like app or something you could have on your phone for after those, you know, the oh, first yeah. couple drafts. Well, if you just uh. highlight the word, if you use Grammarly, it comes up. True. Number three, short sentences are more powerful than long sentences. I disagree. I think it just depends on what you're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, they say a story loses steam with wordiness. Again, the Victorian writers, you're out of here. Proust, we're not reading you no mo. I uh, agree to disagree here. I think 
short sentences are important, but if it's if you're which we've read books that are all short sentences, you feel like you're just like your mind just like stops mm. functioning. You're like, this is fucking bland. Yeah. Uh we need varied sentences. Is that better? Mm, you think yes. varied sentences would be better? Yeah, not a um yeah, like you said, varied. So you have short and concise, and then you can have every once in a while you throw in a page long paragraph or <laughs> something. Like you could do that sparingly. Number four. Oh, I don't know about this. Write short paragraphs. I've just we've talked about my disdain for the two to three sentence paragraph rule. Yeah. Um. Let's see if they mention that. Each one should consist of sentences that support the same idea. Blah blah blah. Uh. Basically, you do want whatever your paragraph is to be about the same topic. If you're gonna switch a topic, immediately you know go to the next paragraph. Uh. So if you're I don't know. Let's say you're talking about a guy's hat and describing the hat. It's a short paragraph. Well, once you go on to describing, you know, somebody else's hat or somebody else's shoes or whatever, maybe you want to break because you don't want it to muddle together. Right. But at the same time, for things like that, you could probably get away with doing short paragraphs, whereas some important details might be, again, Longer paragraphs serve a purpose. Yeah. Varied paragraphs is where I would go. I don't like the uniform writing style that the modern writing circles that uh, spout these kinds of nonsensical uh, articles and tips on how to be a great writer. Too formulaic. I don't like that they say uh, you should have this form style where everyone writes the same. You pick up any new Barnes and Noble or book at Barnes and Noble and it's like it looks the same. It, It also depends on pacing as well. Because if, like, say, if you're doing maybe like a thriller or an action scene or something Short, like that, fast, yeah, yeah, to get, to get, yeah, to get Crime it going, noir. you know, you you go through, you read a page in like a whole page in like a minute because of how quick and and it's going. It's now giving you that, that. Imagine you're doing hard sci-fi and you try to do that when yeah. you have these, you know, you're trying to describe how thruster ion engines work right, and stuff. Yeah, it's, you can't. It, the short, punchy sentences are not going to work for that, and you're going to... Yeah, you have to know what you're writing, and you have to know your audience. Uh, use a natural conversational tone. I think that's pretty obvious. If your characters come across as wooden, mm. or, you know, we always make fun of, like, the little kid who sounds like a college professor. Yeah, or the other way around. Or, yeah, a college professor that sounds like a dullard. And this also extends to, you know, your personal narration and everything like that. You want everything to flow smoothly. Basically, you have to read a lot to figure out how to do that. Yeah. That's not something most people, I think, come across naturally because when you're writing, your first instinct is to just stretch out like, oh, I really wanted this person, like whatever they're talking about or whatever I'm trying to describe, I really want the reader to get it. So you almost overwrite it. Even if it's short, you would go back and be like, oh, they would just say, okay. They wouldn't say, okay, alrighty then, Mr. Buckshot. Like they wouldn't do that. Well, uh, narr- narration. You brought up an interesting thing because, uh, I mean, and this would be a good, th- uh, good time for you to ask you since you just got done with different seasons. Have you noticed in like, uh, like any of the Stephen King stuff that you've read that like a lot of times the narrator is like its own separate? It's almost like a character that's not involved in the story at all, uh, and and the character or the narrator might even have like. Not even so much like uh, because you know, like a lot of times with the narration, it's just kind of like a bland, bland. It's like you yeah. know, it doesn't have. It's just like kind of like the words, but like a lot of times Stephen King with his narrations, and they'd be like, and then 
Terry, the fat fuck who didn't yeah. want, like, you know what I mean? And then the, and the, it kind of helps the, the reader like be like, oh, I don't like Terry. He is a fat fuck. He doesn't well, do nothing. Well, that's like Stephen King's personal voice that seems like it bleeds through. But it depends on the story. For like Shawshank, it's uh, Red's telling the story. Yeah. So that you get Red's feelings and emotions. The body, that was the one of the kids who yeah. grew up to be a writer. So he's telling the story. But so, I think like App Pupil and the one with the old man, the, the breathing technique or whatever. Method. Breathing method. Those were more along what you're talking about, where it's like his narration kind of shifts to almost the person closest to the action. Yeah. So the breathing method is about like this old guy. He goes, he's like a lawyer, goes into this club in his house in Brooklyn or somewhere. And it's like all these old guys and they're just like telling stories and shit. But everything that's described in that even though I, I don't remember if that's specifically narrated from the old guy's perspective. I don't think it is, but the narration mirrors the way he thinks. Mm. So it's like, oh, if I'm reading this, I'm thinking the old guy. And that's why I can't remember because yeah. I don't think it was first person. So now I'm thinking it's like, was the old, maybe it was first person. It's been a while since I've read it. Yeah. So but I've read Stephen King's stories before where he'll utilize that where it's third person, but the narration is done in such a way where whoever you know, is talking and is going through the action. The narration almost goes as if it's them mm. doing the narrating, even though they're not. So like you brought up, you know, Terry's a fat fuck or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like that would be the person that's closest to that action yeah. or whoever's in that scene. You could almost picture, oh yeah, that's, that's Big Biff. He's the yeah. one who's thinking that, like, even though it's not. Uh, but a lot of the times that's probably just Stephen King like throwing his author voice yeah. in there. Number eight, read famous authors and that's the end of the list well i I mean i already said that one read a lot yeah i want to say i I wouldn't necessarily stick it to famous because like i think we've learned or you know have picked up some tricks just from reading like uh not even like uh like you know reading some uh you know i've read a little bit more of his now but like paulie cooley like uh you know he's not famous by any means but he has like a decent following and he's been doing it for a while and i feel like you know checking his stuff out you can notice things and still learn things it doesn't have to be the famous you know authors well just with like the paragraphs vary you got to be have a variety so with the authors you pick yeah you can go with famous authors is that what you want but just a variety of authors Specifically, authors are writing specific genres. Yeah, I think would help because then you get a a large smattering of different voices, storytelling styles, narration, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can almost take what you want out of all of those, which we've done over the years, and kind of form your own style from you know cobble together together your own style. So I think uh, I think that list was fairly solid, though I don't like the like I said I don't like the tried and true. Uh, formulaic writing style yeah. that modern writers have taken on. And I'm sure in the old Victorian days up to the 1930s or so, they probably had a formulaic style with the flowery language. Yeah. And then it wasn't when you had like the postmodernists and your James Joyce's and Faulkner's. They're the ones that really started, Virginia Woolf started experimenting and doing all kinds of wacky shit that people imitated later. But at the time, they were the only ones like trying this stuff. Mm. Whether that works or not is, you know, up to that's taste. Yeah. But it wasn't until like Hemingway is a big one that people copy because they think, oh, I don't have to be good at writing. Yeah. 
because he comes like when just at a first read. If you don't look deeper into it, it, it you, seems very simple. Is that you? You wouldn't think it, that would be a hard thing to copy. Yeah, it seems like you can mimic it fairly easy. But then once you get into the trenches, you're like. Oh no! There's a lot that goes into this. You I know, just told a really boring yeah. story with no meaning because I just wrote like Hemingway, but I didn't write Hemingway. Like I'd, I'd have to assume I don't know a whole bunch about Hemingway. Like I mean, we watched that dec- documentary and stuff like that, but I'm sure like his first drafts weren't like super short or anything. I'm sure he probably they were probably a little bit more wordy and like in the editing is where he. But you know, yeah. brought it down probably. Well, apparently he was like a habitual editor where he was like constantly, even if it was just a single word, he would like take a day and just keep changing it until he came up with the perfect word or phrase. I want to say it's the sun also rises, but it could be a farewell to arms where the ending, I think the girl asked him a question or something and he replies with, don't you think it's, what was it? Uh, I lost it. And say I, I have well, no I idea. Yeah, you ramble off. Yeah, and say I'm not a. Uh, I don't think I've ever read any Hemmings way. You got me that uh the one PBS was that a collection of short stories? Is that what that is? Yeah, the PBS yeah, collection. So yeah, I still never got around to uh, checking any of those out. Okay, uh, I got it. You got it. Okay, good. It was. Is the sun also rises? Uh, it ends with the line, "Isn't it pretty to think so?" And that the took word him forever, yeah, because like to come up with, don't you think it's pretty to think so? Like that's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like you think it's pretty to think so? Like people don't they don't use pretty in that manner. Yeah. You know, don't you think it's cool to? Or I don't know. It's just like he, I guess, went through a lot of edits on the word pretty until he came up with that, and then like that's the one everyone remembers, except for me because I forgot. Yeah, but that's the one everyone talks about. Uh, and even if like the one Hemingway podcast I listen to, they always ask them like to pick the one true sentence and they haven't picked their favorite Hemingway sentence. And they That's almost so everyone picks that one. And it's like it stuck out because he was so choosy with that specific phrase and that one word. Uh, he deliberated on that word for so long until he was able to finally well, get it. And, and it just and stuck the, out. And also the placing of that word. Mm-hmm. Like, because what, what did you say? Yeah, you don't think it's pretty, you know, you don't think it's pretty or like. Isn't it pretty to think so? Yeah, instead of like, instead of like the more common one would probably be like, I don't know, but like you know, like Isn't it's like a, a pretty thought or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's not uh, the proper way of that sentence. Or like a lot of people just say, "Oh, wouldn't it be nice?" Or don't you think? It was, Isn't it nice to think so? Or something yeah. like that. They don't use pretty. Yeah, but like just the word choices. I try to do that in my work, but I do get bogged down a lot because I'll go back and I'm like, "Damn it, what what this word is not hitting me right." And then I'll like really try to deliberate on it and work at it. And then sometimes I just get sick of it and don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Spencer, that's how you beat the AI. You just follow those tips. Oh, that's it? Yeah, you just follow those well, tips. Can't the AI follow those yeah. tips? Oh, we were ranting on uh, modern writers. That's right. So a lot of writers, though, mimicked Hemingway. And then, like, you know, Kurt Vonnegut got famous, so they tried to mimic his satire style. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know if a lot of people have uh, tried to mimic Cormac McCarthy. Because yeah. that's just, that's like, well, Cormac McCarthy kind of cribbed Faulkner style. So, that's a very, you have to be a genius to be yeah. able to do that, like, to actually do it well. So, I think a lot of, a lot of people, I'm sure there's some people who've been inspired by McCarthy and try to take his style. But it's, that's not a style he could do. 
for the most like for most of us. I know a lot of people start trying to write like David Foster Wallace. Oh, why? I don't know because they like it and they just. I, mean, I guess you you write like what you like. I guess. So if you get a style that you really enjoy, but Stephen King's obviously a huge one. How many mm. people would probably try, try to it. style? I think every writer goes through, like modern writer goes through their Stephen King oh, phase, yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm gonna write stories. I want to write like that because it reads so well. Especially like if they're fans. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like a lot of times you uh, you hear like comedians. When they're first starting out doing like open mics and just getting their footing, that like they're like, it took me like a year to realize that I was just fucking doing another guy, like yeah, I was just doing whole bit. Yeah, or, 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 or just a style. Oh yeah, like or how that guy would do that thing. Like, you know what I mean? So again, it's you. You ingest all this stuff, and and it affects how you yeah how you do your art. There are a lot of people um, who get into music, and what's the first thing they start singing before they even write their own songs a lot of the time? Famous songs that they like. Yeah. And they try to mimic, you know, well, their, famous, you their famous singers to see, can I sing like that? Should I sing like this? Yeah, that is how you learn. And that same painting is another one. A lot of people go through different, I went through my Jackson Pollock painting stage. I went through my whatever. It's just like you try to get, I went through my Goya well, stage. Like you just go through different various stages until you find your style. Well, I remember whenever like I was younger and like I, you know, and with my art, whenever I was actually pretty decent at it, and I would start, I was just, I was fucking drawing the fucking cover of whatever DBZ uh, uh, VHA cassette that I yeah, had. Just doing like, you know what stuff. I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm just trying to get it as close as possible to it. And then, you know, then, then I kind of moved into like, you know, oh, I really like this Spider-Man cover. I'm going to try to draw, mm. but it always turned out shit because I have trouble drawing Spider-Man. Everyone does. It's a fucking costume. It's so awesome, but it's so difficult. Yeah, and thank Todd McFarlane for making it even more difficult. <laughs> right. Let's have more lines. Uh, so anyway, folks, we hope you took something away from that, and that is don't let the AI overlords take over. Yes. Don't do it. Just don't let it happen. We d Just don't buy it. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Be like Caleb. When Google sends you the beta testing for the AI software that could do my writing for me and get me published, I said no. Yeah. I just said no. That's all you have to do. You play around with the chat GBT, and you're like, ah, maybe I'll try to write some poems with it. I'm not a poet. I just want to see what it comes up with. Hey, this isn't too bad. Maybe I should submit it. No. Don't go into those baser urges. Don't think, oh, fame and fortune awaits me if I abuse this system and get over on the actual working man. You know what AI is? fucking steroids for writers oh yeah it's what it is it's steroids for those who aren't good enough at the sport originally but if they roid up they could get over the hump mm. so maybe you're just good enough to be maybe get published here and there but you're not a you're not you're not even a stephen king level like you're like a guy who could tell an okay story and maybe you can uh get a little bit of a following but you can't get any real sales nobody's paying no publishers are really paying attention to you so what do you do you uh, touch up with a little bit of your work with some AI here and there. I'm not I'm not abusing it. Mm. I just want to even the playing field, yeah. Spencer. I'm just going to take a couple paragraphs of, of mm. this. That's all. But then slowly, you get lazier as you get more popular. Mm. And then eventually, it's writing the whole shit for you. You're juiced to the gills. Your yeah. neck is so big, you can't mm. breathe at night, and you die of sleep apnea. And then is that, that what you want? Yes. But besides that, because the thing is, like, because it would it'd be, it'd be one thing like if it was like, hey, this is just the future where we're going to have writers and AI merged together. It's going to be a unique sequence of things. But no, it's going to be like, we're merging together until the AI just slowly engulfs it all. And then there's nothing. 
Like, you know what I mean? It would be like one thing, like I was saying, if you could somehow figure out a system where like it is actually like, you know, writers using AI to help figure things out or maybe you gotta you gotta block a scene you can't quite figure out maybe it can help you do that but like i said it's just gonna it's just gonna it's like a symbiote it's going to use you until it doesn't need you anymore spencer we already use a little bit of ai yeah we grammarly software yep it's fixing our minor mm-hmm. typos and our grammatical errors. Things you didn't even know was there. And I think that's where we should draw the line. It doesn't yeah. need to go beyond that. Yeah. We don't need Spell check. the computer telling us how to write. Even the Grammarly and the Hemingway editor and some other different editors, they get on my nerves because... They want you to change the like the sentence. And yeah, stuff. a lot of times they'll like, oh, this is a better way to say it. And you know what? In my most recent story, it did that. And it didn't make any sense, the suggestion it tried oh, to make. Really? Like, it actually made, because sometimes it'll change the paragraph. Oh, rearrange the words and make it sound and flow better. And sometimes it does. This time, it literally did not make it any, like, it made no sense. Whatever I said was so great <laughs> that this fucking stupid it. AI could not make sense of it and thought it was wrong and changed the words. So it just didn't make any sense. Like, it was just jumbled nonsense. And I was like, ha, I broke you. Fuck you. So I... I only use it for mainly punctuation, spelling errors, and some grammar errors, but I'm so good now, Spencer. I generally don't have too many of that stuff, and usually the ones it doesn't catch are the ones that aggravate me the most Mm. when you use a word that's spelled right, but it's like like there, but it's supposed to be there. Yeah. Like sometimes you just, like every once in a while you just, they're not, or like another one that gets me a lot, it never ever did before, but for some reason in the last couple of years is your Mm. or, uh, you know, um, possessive you, or not a, you are. Yeah. So you're and you're possessive you're or you are. For some reason, I just put your yeah. all the time now. Not all the time, but every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I didn't you, add the apostrophe. But it never catches that. You're in the floor typing. You're not yeah. paying attention. I think I'm getting dementia. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, Biden and Trump can all go on a plane mm-hmm. together and talk about Play video games. And, yeah. Play video games. Anyway, folks, we thank you for listening, and eventually we're going to use AI to do the podcast so we don't have to, so yeah. stick around for that. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome if we could just take our voices from all the and episodes? And just be <laughs> like, okay, we're going to talk in an episode about this, and it just takes that stuff. That'd be great. That'd be fucking dope. It'd be dope. Uh, so you can check us out at DPW Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and maybe if uh, we could ever get on like Blue Sky or Threads. I don't want Threads. Because you can't delete threads or delete your Instagram. So I'm not oh, getting on really? there. Yeah, so I'm not getting on there. But uh, if because uh, Twitter is garbage. I'm just going to yeah. say it. Twitter has gone to the shit heap of humanity. It is the worst. So I would like to... I don't even use any of the fucking shit barely. You just post the podcast, but it's all garbage. Uh, you can check out uh, Spencer's OnlyFans. He is the Ecuadorian... Oh, fucking Eagle Eradicator. Yeah. Really? That's what yeah. you went with. That's what you went with. Like bald eagles? Because that's a felony. That's what, that's what I was worried about. Uh, And you can check my workout at CalebJamesK.com. Hey, I actually have a book I'm being published in coming out in October. But yeah. I'm not going to mention it until the promo starts. So wait months. Forget all about anything I said. And then I'll promote it eventually. Yeah. But I do have a story that got accepted. Spencer, that lucky son of a bitch, has to wait a whole fucking yeah. year almost. You got to wait till next year. It sucks. Yep. Should have wrote a longer story, fucko. Maybe. (laughs) So anyway, we thank you for listening, and we will check you out next week.